It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Punks are running wild in the street. There's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do, and there's no end to it. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Hello, 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 hello. Can you hear me? Hello, headquarters. Hello, headquarters. Come in, headquarters. Look at that, man. Like a radio station. You're sitting in front of a live mic. When you speak, thousands of people hear your voice. It penetrates their mind. You are the best thing on the radio! The following program contains views and opinions that do not reflect those of this station or its advertisers. And now, broadcasting live from the little old shack by the tracks, it's the Outlaw Dave Show. Sank a boat in a hurricane. I cried for girls in the pouring rain. I crashed a race car at Riverside. I've cheated, I've stolen, I've lied. I've been baptized before God. I smoked a joint in front of my mom. He's a very naughty boy. I bought cars, I almost bought a home. I saw Elvis in the Astrodome. I fought my heart, I battled with the booze. I've had my picture on the cover of the public news. So, that your old buddy outlaw Dave with Bill Powell. It is Tuesday. The segment is called Intel Overwatch. We circumnavigate the globe, read between the lines of the sanitized propaganda that is distributed as news or alternative news. We try to look at what exactly is transpiring in the wake of geopolitical activity around the planet. Our host each and every week is Bill Powell. You can follow him on Twitter, at Intel Overwatch. His 30-plus years as a financial analyst with a history background makes him the perfect Sherpa for this journey. Good evening, Bill. Hi, Dave. Glad to be here. Good to be here. We usually start the show off with two quotes. And this week, if you want a big brother, you get all that comes with it. Eric Frome. Yes, he's the uh, Frankfurt-trained uh, psychologist from Germany. He had written a lot of stuff about freedom, about negative freedom, and things throughout the decades. The book was Escape from Freedom. Uh, and then from Bill Gates, it's fine to celebrate success, but it is more important to heed the lessons of failure. True. Once uh, success uh, happens a lot, uh, you tend to forget about the consequences of uh too much success when you're not seeing the mistakes that are made that have been overwritten by your success. All right. Well, let's grab the globe and let's go. Let's start uh, on the biggest of continents, the deep, dark Africa. Is that the largest continent? Uh, yes, I believe yes, it, it is. is. All yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It has the longest river, the Nile, the largest desert, the Sahara, and the world's largest waterfall, which of course is Victoria Falls. Victoria Falls. Now, when 
the jihadist or Islamo-fascist activity began to explode in northern uh, northern Iraq uh, and in the Middle East. A lot of Europeans thought, you know, uh, and, and with good reason, uh, that it was going to go north. And, and it has. Uh, they've attempted to move north. But now, according to your latest report, it looks like they're also turning south. True. And uh, a lot of it is at, uh, the dissension in Africa that's been inherent due to economics with the rise of Islam. Uh, so now all throughout the continent, you do have the rising of different sects. Now, the good thing is some compete against each other. Mm-hmm. We do also have Hezbollah influence in certain areas of uh, Africa, too, including Nigeria. Uh, but then also across the continent, you're having the call for classrooms to be eliminated, but all teaching be in the mosque. Right now, Nigeria is the uh, country in the world with the highest attacks on Christians. Is uh, the majority of the education system in Africa Christian-based from the, uh, the the missionaries and the colonization uh, over the centuries? It depends. Not overall, but in some areas, yes, and then in other areas, no. All right. Uh, so we've spoken about uh, Al-Shabaaz. We've spoken about Boko Haram. What are some of the other uh, sects or splinter groups that are popping up in Africa? Well, the main thing right now is Al-Qaeda and ISIS. And uh, the lessons been learned in Mali uh, with uh, the French and their efforts is even very radical, intense efforts to wipe it out has not been able to quell it. The the thought, the idea is still there with the the minions that are all around. But it's different than in Saudi Arabia and the other Sunni nations where you've had uh, generations of the Wahhabists and other uh, uh, Islamists. Uh, so it's it's sort of new. Uh, yeah, so it's a new jihad. It's a new concept jihad. This is not something where you've had Wahhabism with the concept of jihad since the early 1830s. This is now a new tact. And also, a lot of the warlords are taking advantage of this. Our guest is Bill Powell. The segment is called Intel Overwatch. Follow him on Twitter. Grab the podcast tomorrow. Share it with your friends. Speaking of uh, Islam and Sharia law. Coming up this season on The Real Housewives of ISIS. It's only three days till the beheading. And I've got no idea what I'm going to wear. Abdul seduced me online. He had me at free healthcare. So this is my sixth marriage. Uh, I've been widowed five times. Six times. I'm so glad I've moved over here. It's everything those guys on the chat rooms told me it would be. And it's full of so many wonderful surprises. Didn't have to do this in Birmingham. Coming up next week. He won't stop talking about his 40 virgins. Why can't he be happy with me? Uh, Ali bought me a new chain, which is eight foot long. So I can almost get outside, which is crazy. There is absolutely nothing inappropriate about my programming. The new and improved Outlaw Dave Show. You understand why I drink at night. Same pocket full of questions. Doggy, your old buddy Outlaw Dave with Bill Powell. It is Intel Overwatch, our circumnavigation of the globe uh, with the real news, the real activities, the real nuances and implications of geopolitical activity around the globe. We started in Africa, and I felt like we really sort of just barely delved into that. Is there more to be concerned about with the spread of Islamo-fascism on uh, the African continent, especially as we look south? Well, the Chinese investment throughout Africa right now, Sudan, they just uh, completed a new dam 
that is providing electric power. And as they're uh, starting to connect the dots between their Silk Road initiative around the world. Mm -hmm. So Chinese influence is increasing. Russians are moving in. Uh, Right now in Libya is still in turmoil with the various factions. General Haftar who has been siding with the Russians. And if we're going to see any real uh, sign of cooperation between Trump and Putin, we'll probably be seeing it in Libya. Well, so, but when we talk about uh, the spread of Islamofascism, uh, then you also talk about the, the presence of Hezbollah, which is uh, more of a Shia-based uh, or supported uh, faction. And then you've got the Chinese and the Russian influence how does the spread of Islam in Africa counter with the Chinese quest for influence there? Well, China has been known to make deals. They do have an issue with their uh, inherent Islamic population, the Urgars. However, they've been able to work with others and right now working with the Taliban and stuff in Afghanistan. So they've shown the will to work with them. And remember, Islam and China, uh, China are ver- both very top-down societies, so right. they actually sink in together. So they they don't uh, have a disdain or contempt for Islam, uh, even though they are sort of a uh, well atheistic society. Well, see, they're still technically infidels, but um, they also know that China responds very harshly in case of any attacks. And as Islam has shown, they're willing to work with uh, people like China for a while until they become no longer useful. What about uh, with the Russian uh, spread of influence? And I guess they're in league with the Iranians, which would be in league with Hezbollah. Uh, And how does that counter to the the spread of ISIS and al-Qaeda on the African continent? Well, we uh, know that Trump is talking with uh, Putin about fighting ISIS. Well, meanwhile, uh, Russia is working very closely with Egypt, in fact, training some of their spec ops and other things, docking ships, selling weapons, and then also in Libya selling weapons. So they also, Russia has a large Muslim population. However, they only have a small, inherent, radical Muslim population. We're working with uh Egypt to stop their ISIS Muslim Brotherhood issue mm-hmm. because that's a threat to Russia's goals. Whereas Sisi is, you know, more of a moderate Sunni that we can all work with. Now who's Sisi? He's the El Presidente of Egypt. Okay. Yeah. They change so often. They do. Uh, so uh, as, as long as we're talking about uh, Russia, let's talk about uh, Eastern Europe. Let's talk about Western Europe, uh, the spread of influence. Uh, not only through the migrant population, but also the uh, the issues in, and you still like to refer to Europe as Euristan. Right, as it's transitioning more and more every month. They're, they're, the signs are there. Uh, what is the plight with the upcoming election in France? Well, Le Pen is in the lead, and she is an anti-globalist. She is uh, riding on the coattails and also quoting Trump as a a uh, leader for the world. Meanwhile, she also has close ties to Putin. And this is an irony of the anti-globalist movement at the time, at this time, is that, that very many are close to Putin. And, and so uh, when, when you say that she's an anti-globalist with close ties to Putin, how so? Uh, she is a, a French national. Yes. Uh, she's been in France her whole life. She hasn't uh, operated outside as an ambassador or a diplomat. So how would she have ties with Putin? 
Well, she believes in coexistence. She's not the radical that de Gaulle was, where French for uh, should control the world mentality and French-centric. She does want to protect France for the French people, and in fact is even talking about implicating, uh, impl- implementing attacks on foreign workers uh, in her country to protect French jobs for French population. But she sees Putin as somebody who's going to be non-aggressive to her uh, and her goals. So did the globalists at their core have an issue with Putin for, uh, and and if so, for what reasons? Well, uh, the globalists, like, you know, basically the IMF, Putin has had his issues with the IMF and the control. He wants to develop his own economic system right. of China, which they've been working on. And so the, that's the big thing is which economic system is going to be dominant, which one's going to be controlled. And uh, basically, Putin's tired of having to kowtow to the West and go through their banking system. And uh, that's why the things have been going on with the BRICS nations. Well, the, the BRICS nations includes China. And you have said on this very program that uh, President Z right. is a globalist, even though he's involved in uh, the counter to the IMF. Well, true. But Z at his core, is going to play up to anybody he can use. But it's always a very complex issue. Z sees his economic system basically tagging on the globalist system, but one day he would like to see it transition off that into the vision that Putin has. Now that the the Brexit is getting closer all the time, the big player in the EU, of course, is Deutschland, uh, Germany, where Angela Merkel is facing uh, her. She's trying to run for her fourth term right. uh, as the president. What is the uh, the general mood and atmosphere in Germany these days? If you're from Merkel, bleak. <laughs> you say that now, uh, but what what is uh, what is going on with the the German population? They have had to deal with the cultural dissonance of this influx of migrants, the um, the, the problems that it's caused within its own society, uh, violence, uh, aggressive assaults. Uh, where are they? Uh, especially in the wake of the fact that the constabulary has been kind of asked to step down, turn a blind eye, and certainly underreport uh, incidents with immigrants. Well, as I was saying about a year and a half ago, some of the people have been starting to dig up their grandfather's Wehrmacht stash after World War II. What came out, there was an Internet service in Germany that was selling weapons and grenades to Germans that was recently shut down. The Germans, you know, have been arming up legally and also uh, illegally. So apparently this stuff was coming off the dark net. Some of the stuff came from Ukraine and other places. And the website was called Migrant Fright? Right. Uh, do you think this is a legitimate uh, answer to a need or concern? Or was this somebody trying to capitalistically exploit the the, um, the uh, xenophobia within the, the borders of Germany? Well, due to the number of crimes, and now it's coming out more and more about the repression of the amount of crimes coming from Sweden, France, and other places, this is just a reaction that has been historical when the the legitimate government doesn't protect the people, the people will find a means to protect themselves. Why grenades? Uh, well, uh, other than they're very sexy, <laughs> I, I don't think anybody's going to try to rape you if you got it, your uh, hand on a pin of a grenade. Kind of, kind of, kind of. And I'm, I'm not obviously a, an expert on, on cultural uh, anomalies. It seems to me if you are dealing with 
people that are looking to uh, give themselves up for the cause. A grenade, maybe not one of the best case scenarios. No, no, it's not. But it's it was me. ironic. A weapon, I would go for a, a nice cig or Glock and uh, or something like that. Well, I, I thought because we were looking at a way to uh, take out hordes. Yes. Uh, and that's one of the things that in some of the uh, news reports I've seen, and, and certainly just superficially being able to get information but and and they're always the stories always seem to be sensationalistic but it seems like these attacks these assaults they're not just done by one or two individuals it's as if huge masses of you know 15 20 30 40 people men yes. youths are attacking groups of people and in that instance that's that's why i thought you know maybe yeah. maybe grenades cuz you can obviously uh, take out a larger group of people yeah definitely yeah, definitely that that's definitely on the table um, so as we're talking about Germans uh, rushing to buy illegal uh, firearms and grenades to protect themselves from the migrants and what they view to be perhaps what eventually a migrant uprising. Well, they know the police aren't protecting them. And that's like the lesson, you know, that even here in America, when the sheriff isn't doing their job, boy, they do. They got to take care of the bad guys themselves. Kind of like the farmers in Minnesota when Jesse James was raiding there. Right. We got this. Uh, uh, what what is the uh the 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 Rotterdam story? What is that? Uh, the Rotterdam story. Where is Rotterdam? Isn't that's over in Germany? Okay, and, and this is where there was a, a group of uh, migrants that had what was it a, a was it a gang where they were raping? Was it was it slavery? Was it sex slavery? Or? Sex slavery stuff, and they actually were doing grooming and stuff like that. And, you know, of course, recently in Austria, they had another conviction and they uh, their defense was we didn't know it was illegal. Yeah, I, I saw some video on one of these sort of, uh, you know, um, inflammatory websites where they had uh, the video testimony of a guy that was saying uh, that he didn't think it was illegal uh, that he raped this uh, Western woman yeah. uh, in, in, in Rotter, Rotterdam. They convicted this uh, child sex gang. Uh, but even as they were taking them away, they were shouting out the traditional exclamation of uh, Islamics, uh, Allah Akbar. Right. Uh, what is what is the significance of that statement again? Dominance. It's, it, it literally translates to God is great. But as they say it, it, it has what, is, what you're saying. How, how does how it is? Well, it, technically, you could say it's God is great. But if you ever actually uh, distill the Arabic with it, it's actually Allah is great, truly. And Allah and, you know, it depends on your definition of God. Uh, but so but what is the point of them saying this as they're taking away in court? You say the, they're, 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 they're dominance and uh, Sharia law allows them to do this. So they're just saying whatever. Right. Uh, now, is there enough of a population within the prisons in Germany and at other places in Europe so that um, when they get sent off to, to be incarcerated that it isn't necessarily a bad thing? Well, it, true, but they have their their gangs in prison like they just have. Well, them. I mean, that's what that's what yeah, I'm yeah, asking. Yeah. So they they already have established. Uh, uh, social networks also in the prison system. Exactly. Because they've been there a while. Yes, they have. Uh, you know, right after. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. War II, you know, the Germans started bringing in Turks uh, because of the lack of uh, manpower that was in Germany. And they were talking, I think, fourth generation, fifth generation right now in, in Germany. Uh, certainly a significant cell operating out of Hamburg for uh, a number of years now. Yes. Uh, a lot has been uh, uh, traced back to them. Right. Well, that actually came from a Russian division that switched over to Hitler in 1939. Really? Yeah. See, it's all about the history. The Hussein division. <laughs> Hussein. Uh, the Louvre, which is, of course, one of the uh, significant, uh, significant uh, tourist destinations, uh, housing... Uh, a significant portion of the world's uh, classic fine pieces of art and sculpture. There was recently an attack there. Yes, a uh, recent immigrant uh, had came over on a visa for about a month, and he decided to uh, go jihad with, uh, they keep saying machetes, but it's more like large knives, and uh, he did wound some people, then he finally got shot. Uh, why, why this propensity to use machetes or large knives or scimitars or whatever it would be? Is it because it's hard to get weapons over there, or is it because of the brutality and the terror that inflicts upon the victims, as we've seen multiple instances where even after shooting people, they go through and hack them up with the swords? Well, even an untrained person is can be very destructive with a knife. And one of the lessons I've learned from hearing stories of my dad's old law office, you know, hearing from Guadalcanal veterans, is how the Japanese officers with a sword could do so much damage in close quarters. Right, and you can in close quarters if you can't get the weapon, something's blocking. You can still be cutting and slashing and doing a lot of stuff. Right, sword in one hand, pistol in the other. Yeah, uh, let's turn our eyes down to where really what has become the epicenter of the global confrontation between Islamofascism uh, and Western ideals, and that is of course Syria, um, part of the. You know, almost decade-long civil war that's going on there in that country where ISIS has uh, not only come in, taken territory, but also drawn a, a front line that has seen uh, Russia, uh, Shia militias, uh, the Americans, the Western allies. We, we have all coalesced in Syria. How does it go there? Well, they're still fighting all the time. ISIS still controls a significant part of uh, Syria. But one of the dynamics that's really happening right now is the fact that the the rebels and ISIS control so much of the arable land in Damascus. What, what is arable? What is that? Farmable land. Okay, right. Yeah, it's not. It hasn't been destroyed or misused. It's not desert area and stuff like that. And uh, so, even if the war ended, Damascus, the Syrian government would be in bad shape. But if they go with partitioning, which is looking more and more like that is, with the references coming out of Iran, Russia, Turkey, and mm -hmm. even the U.S., then certain groups are going to be control of certain areas. So recently you had the ISIS destroyed the Syrian gas fields 
that were still pumping gas. Right. Uh, they tried to recently control the water supply of Damascus. But uh, right now, it looks like Iran wants to get to a, po- a political solution, a stalemate, or some kind of partitioning going on, which will tie into everybody else. But everybody else is jockeying for their own position, what they call the safe zone. Now, I know I've asked this question before, but I just want to revisit it. Uh, There are some in our country that assert that the only reason that we actually have this conflict in Syria, uh, in the Middle East at large, is because of global uh, warming and climate change and that Syria has endured some uh, massive drought and that it has affected the the foodstuffs of, of that nation. True or false? Yes, but however, there had been worse droughts through the area, and they still had resources for food coming in. Right now, Iran's been shipping food in and stuff, too. So, I mean, at one time, Syria was an exporter of food, uh, but right before this started. But I don't think this caused this. This is like, I believe, it was. there was already a rise in sectarian tensions. Uh, you've already had, and that started really back in the uh, 70s, and it's been building. So, is it a symptom? Yes. Is it a causality? No. All right. Uh, you mentioned Russia, and uh, while Russia is certainly ensconced in the Middle East uh, with their agenda there, uh, this all kind of began as far as uh, Russia flaring up on, on an international stage. And I know we had been talking about their uh, their squatters' rights on the Arctic Circle, uh, but the the big push, uh, the big. Um, movement by them of course was taking of crimea and then the support of the loyalist forces in ukraine how does it stand there right now well right now there's a u.n resolution condemning uh, and accusing putin of war crimes in crimea you know what kind of war crimes uh, atrocities on minorities uh, you know killings and things like that now one of the ironies is when they had this vote now crimea was mainly R- Russian ethnic group over there. Right. You have different minorities and stuff like that. But, however, most of the votes in some a lot of cities were for leaving Ukraine. But Ukraine has to have this area if they're ever going to become a gas exporter. Q- P- uh, Putin wanted it because it is a gas field and a trans- transport hub. But it also gives them access uh, to, a warm water port. to a warm water port. Yeah, yeah, in the interior, right. So it was it was tantamount to their existence, and Crimea and the the, the what is Crimea what what was Crimea was part of Ukraine, right? And they ceded from the Soviet Union how long ago? Uh, what was it now? Tapping on four years. All right. So uh, it it was. Did they ever, through diplomatic means, attempt to secure? I'm talking about the Russians. Did they attempt to secure an agreement, uh, a working relationship? Or did they just quietly bide their time and then take it? Well, little green men showed up, which means it was Russian spec ops and uh, kind of inflamed tensions. And they moved in and just basically seized it. So daily. And, and then there was a, a vote within Crimea right. of whether to be with Ukraine or with Russia. Well, originally they had the vote before Russia moved in. And then Russia moved in because they had to protect the Russians, not unlike Sudetenland with Adolf Hitler. All right. Uh, what's going on with Ukraine? Well, Ukraine's right there. And again, there are firefights all the time. Uh, there's a lot of Russia's been moving up more tanks. Uh, and it's probably the, the now, most. When you say they're moving up more tanks, are they moving them into uh, Ukraine or, or are they. Crimea and the Ukrainian border. Okay, they're on the border. Right. They, they can do a, a two prong attack. 
very easily. And there's a lot of weapons being used. There were supposed to be like heavy weapons banned that are being used in a lot of these areas. So daily. Uh, how, how could there be a heavy weapons ban when there's fighting? What, what, what is that? Well, there were certain, you know, you can use 155 millimeter howitzers. There was supposed to be nothing above, you know, 88 millimeters, something like that. I, I, I My mind gets boggled. So literally, even though it's an unsanctioned confrontation, there are still rules. There were supposed to be with an agreement they came up with in Norway, but they are not being followed. Uh, what is going on with the Russian military? I know that Vladimir Putin had either uh, decreed orders or had, had done a report, or what was the situation with the, the Russian forces? Well, he's recently told the air defenses to get ready for war. They're having a big training exercise. Uh, he's amping up and speeding up the delivery of MiG-35s and other weapons and also enhancing uh, air defense assets. Now, can this be viewed as a reaction to the deployment of our anti-missile defense shield in Poland uh, and our um, uh, stationary troops coming through Bremerhaven, or is it more than that? Uh, it's more than that. Uh, the, 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 us moving the few amount of troops over there, it, it's uh, not enough to really make Putin nervous. I mean, are you saying this cynically, or uh, there's no way to to rationalize their buildup uh, as a response to what we've done? No, there's no way. You know, we're, we're talking two anti-ballistic missile facilities against scores of uh, delivery systems that are aimed east, west. I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to take the tact of an apologist. No, 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 uh, no, no. But I'm always just wondering. Right. So, you know, there's, there's overreaction and then there's adequate reaction, I guess. This is a buildup that would have occurred, maybe not as quickly, but would have occurred anyway without us moving assets along Romania, Poland, Lithuania, and Estonia. And we already had a scheduled, we won't call it a buildup, a deployment, even though they sped that up. True. Uh, and what and, was the rationalization on that? Well, they have deemed, and a lot of our NATO allies, uh, well, Poland and Estonia and Lithuania are, are, are believing we're going to have an attack any time. Now, a good uh, sign now is Belarus that usually teetered towards Russia and even has some Russian troops stationed there. Right. is now getting a little tired of the Russian influence. So that's kind of right up there by north of Ukraine, right up there next by, by Poland and stuff like that, which is an integral uh, place for uh, any tactical strike. How do you get? How do you get tired of caviar and vodka? Uh, they cut that off a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Our guest is Bill Powell. The segment is called Intel Overwatch. This takes place every Tuesday evening. We recommend or suggest you taking the podcast from KPRC Radio and sharing it with your friends. Now, obviously, going over it again to have a greater understanding. Over the past four or five years, Bill has been so patient with our public school education, trying to bring us up to speed. It doesn't hurt that we now have a globe in the studio. Follow him on Twitter, at Intel Overwatch. And remember, when he's putting out links to articles or stories, it doesn't necessarily mean that he endorses the editorial perspective of that particular publication. But you need to get your information from multiple news sources and then sort it out yourself. Exactly. Sort it out yourself. I just want to say you guys are doing a great job. Life is hilariously cruel. Do your dirty son full business. Or I guarantee a wing ding of Titanic proportions. The new and improved Outlaw Dave Show. You understand why I drink at night. Same pocket full of questions. Hey, that's your old buddy Outlaw Dave and Bill Powell. It is Intel Overwatch. Follow Bill on Twitter. 
at Intel Overwatch. Follow us on Twitter at Outlaw Day Show, and of course at KPRC Radio. Uh, also, because uh, you know you don't want to miss out what Walton and Johnson or Glenn Becker are putting up. Stay tuned. Stay in touch. Keep us in your queue, Bill. We always ask the question: Would the world be better off if we bombed Iran? And you always say, "Roger that, Roger that." So let's talk about uh, the great Shia uh, eschatologists, the people that view a different end of the world scenario, uh, different than the Sunnis, different than the Judeo Christians, different than Erdogan, and that is, of course, our friends from Tehran. That's right. And now the big threat with the uh, uh, an attack on the U.S. fleet base in Bahrain, the Fifth Fleet. Say that again. So the threatened that uh, they could wipe out the Fifth Fleet. fleet they Bahrain. threatened. They threatened. Uh-huh. The Iranians said that they could wipe out the Fifth Fleet. Now, what does the Fifth Fleet, com- the fifth fleet comprise of? Uh, typically an aircraft carrier, escort group, um, subs, and everything. How many, how many ships? About 20-plus. 20-plus ships. The Iranians say that they have the capabilities to wipe that out. Yes, and they uh, the, since they've been increasing their missile capability, they've knocked off a minute uh, being able to hit, dis- hit Israel. Do you think they could wipe out our fleet? Oh, yes, they could. They have enough missiles in that area that they could. Don't we have a defense uh, system? Well, we have the Aegis system, of course, on the cruisers and destroyers mm-hmm. base there. They can handle up to 100 targets at one time. Uh, and, of course, they know that. And so basically be a mass swarm of missiles coming in. One of the things that Bahrain is facing, too, is an Iranian insurgency. And recently they had executed some uh, Iranian sympathizers. And there's been a big backlash with the population. The, the monarchy there is Sunni. Most of the population is Shia. Uh, and before we get lost in this Iranian conversation, the Iranians are also supporting the Houthis in Yemen, which it was was to be ground zero for the Sunni-Shia showdown. What's taking place there these days? Well, uh, there's been the recent attack on a Saudi Arabian uh, ship, and apparently it was a suicide boat by the Houthis. At first, it was uh, people thought it was an anti-tank missile, but it was actually a ship. Sure. They were actually apparently looking for a U.S. ship, but the Saudi Arabian ship was their first target. And apparently, they had made the same mistake as the USS Cole. Cole. Which has been sent back into the area. Oh. Yes. Uh, you know, they didn't have anybody up there with guns able to stop the boat. Uh, okay. So uh, what's going on with the Iranians all in all? Um, if, if in fact, um, they make this claim that they're, they're prepared and capable of wiping out the Fifth Fleet, uh, in the in the wake of uh, the Trump administration putting them on notice, where is this? Where does this stop being saber rattling uh, and chest pounding? Well, they're supposed to have another missile launch coming up very soon, so we will see what happens. But meantime, they're dropping now the dollar uh, officially from all their transactions, and that's kind of a big move since the U.S. dollar is like the one world currency for trade that most people use. But they're making the shift now to the U- euro as our main currency. Isn't that the same mistake that uh, 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 they made in Iraq before we invaded them? Uh, Something like that. Yes, exactly. So didn't we just pay them billions of dollars? Well, we didn't do it in U.S. dollars. We did it in uh, in amount-wise, but it was in currency denominations from, uh, I think, from euros to uh, then gold, silver, and all their stuff. Whatever. Now, they keep claiming that they're... 
you know, ballistic missile tests are not in violation of uh, their agreements in the, the, the removing of the sanctions. True or false? Uh, false, but see, their semantics are, A, they're for defense, how they defend it, and all, or for testing for space. Space. But, you know, what does uh, ICBM do? Goes up into space. Goes boom. And comes back down. Goes boom. It goes up, comes down, goes boom. Goes boom! All right. Uh, we're running out of time. Well, let's talk about China. Uh, not the paper dragon anymore. Oh, China. Now that Mattis has said that the U.S. will totally support Japan in their defense against the Chinese with the disputed islands. Uh, and then also, meanwhile, the, they're starting to have economic problems again. Well, uh, they kept themselves propped up last year through some hardened economic times. They have. They pumped, you know, trillions of dollars, in their, well, billions, uh, into their economy. But meanwhile, we're having some deleveraging going on in between the banks. We're also seeing a slowdown. And they're trying to put keep their yawn at a certain level uh, to maintain it. But the main thing is they have been practicing attacks for a first strike. And so they've been, uh, there's been a lot of satellite photos where they've had facilities set up to be able to test the impact of the warheads that would be designed to take out airfields, you know, supply areas. Strategic areas in the South China Sea, not uh, a first strike on American soil. Uh, but a lot, some analysts believe it's a first strike on American soil, American assets around the world. What do you think about that? Well, uh, there's a mentality, we briefly touched on it last week, about the mentality be just take the first strike. Uh, we, one thing, the Japanese with theirs, it was one central location. The Chinese have the, the ability to take out probably 20 major U S bases. And then where does that put us behind the eight ball? I don't know. How many bases do we have? We have over, we have like, hundreds, but I'm talking nervous. <laughs> don't make me nervous. It's the end of the show. I have to go. I have to go and go to sleep now. Uh, go to sleep, but you know, here's the thing: is uh, we we do have increased uh, capability for any missile defense. We're working on that now. They just did that test last week in Hawaii that was promising and stuff okay. like that. Right. So, 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 so good and good and yeah. good enough. Uh, we ask that you do three things for us: be the voice of reason in the sea of insanity. If you see a wrong, make it up. Right. Get a chance to help a fellow human being? Just do it. Because we're all part of the crazy human terminal experience together. And it may not seem this way to you, but we're living in a community of like-minded individuals. People with the same hopes, fears, dreams, and ideals as we have. And together we can make this a better place to live. We will see you muchachos manana. And as we like to say around here, adios, bitches. There he goes. One of God's own prototypes. A high-powered mutant of some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, and too rare to die. Outlaw Dave is your friend. The Outlaw Nation. On KPRC, Houston's more stimulating talk radio. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.